Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices. To help make your dreams come true, we are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and 9 a.m. on Wednesday mornings for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We stream live at those times at richarddugan.com. Our podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. We have a YouTube channel where you can watch these interviews. Just go to the Richard Dugan and Tell Me Your Story uh, link or page or channel, however you want to phrase it, and uh, we'll be there bringing you uh, all of this good information. We uh, also encourage you to subscribe only for the purposes of being notified of new interviews. And uh, again, I'm not interested in increasing my numbers of subscribers. I'll have what I have. It's not That's not the issue. The issue is getting the information out to the people who can who can definitely use it, who need it, who want it. And I hope that um, uh, you folks will uh, subscribe and or uh, make sure you uh, get yourselves notified every time a new interview is posted. We also ask you to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, where we uh, go ask you to go within and listen to that still small voice. I think we'll be talking a little bit about that today as well with our special guest. And if you'd like to support the work that we are doing, we encourage you to do so. Well, we have a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. And all you have to do is put my email address in when you're sending. It's richard at richarddugan.com. That's richard at richarddugan.com. And thank you, thank you, thank you to those who have helped and those who will. With that set aside, we are now moving on to our very special guest, He's returning. That's right, a returning guest. <clears throat> He's uh, washed up on the shores of Tell Me Your Story once again to bring us uh, some great, great information. And we hope that you folks will uh, take a, a good, hard listen to what he has to say. His name is Dr. Mark Halperin, and uh, he, of course, uh, has a website. It's called the Coherence Revolution.com, CoherenceRevolution.com. And Dr. Mark Halpern, thank you so much for being with us, and it is great to have you back again to continue our conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to be back, and uh, look forward to sort of just continuing on. Absolutely. Um, we're dealing with, in our world today, not just here in the West, but all over the globe, we're dealing with issues uh, surrounding <clears throat> feeling uh, overwhelmed, <clears throat> feeling anxious, and there are so many people that are experienced these conditions. Matter of fact, I could—I mean, you, I'm sure, you and I both, we could exchange laundry lists of the things that we're dealing with. And um, my wife even came to me in a little bit in tears this morning because my um, my special surprise kitten, now uh, a cat of 13, 14 years of age, passed away overnight. He was laying there in bed with us, and, and, uh, but he's, it, this had been going on for a long time, so this was not anything new to me. And I, I have picked up on the signs when a cat has reached their, their end. For their entire lives, they will lick you, and they will be close to you, and they'll have their face in your face. And there is no problem with their breath. They don't have bad breath. Let's, of course, they've just eaten, but that's a whole other one. 
But as soon as you start smelling this certain aroma coming from their mouths, you know, it's, you know, and I, 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 I was aware of this a month ago. Mm. And of course, my wife was, uh, and this sort of sidebar to what I was just saying, was going to say, and I'll continue. Uh, my wife was wanting to take him to the vet. And I said, no, no, he's just old and, and he's getting ready to go. You know, he's not in any pain. <clears throat> and um, as I said, uh, as of this conversation, he he passed. And she comes up to me, uh, you know, as we're getting ready to go in tears. And she says, there's just so much going on. and I, It's just so overwhelming. And it's this and that. You know, and so she is she has not found a way yet to sort of release this. Whereas, I don't know, maybe I come across to some as maybe, oh, God, he's so unfeeling. He's so uncaring. But it's like. I have my work, which I love doing. I was sharing with you uh, before we started. I was uh, uh, in an eight-hour uh, production session prior to this, the day before. And that allowed me to sort of focus and channel my energies rather than being focused on the loss of, of my dear friend uh, Ryan. Uh, and um, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe in a few days I might I might tear up and so forth, but... I'm okay with that. I mean, it's like, it's just a natural part of life. I mean, you know, as Bob Newhart said in one of his um, early series, yeah, but it's the last part. Well, <laughs> not necessarily. We don't know. But we're, we're overwhelmed by all of these different things. And uh, I don't know about you, if, if you've experienced this, where you think, all right, I have, I have 10 spinning plates, or I have 10 things on my plate, and if I get rid of one of them, then I'm down to nine. But what invariably happens is, with a vacuum, something comes to fill it, you know? It's like, you're always going to have those, you're going to have ten slots that are going to be filled. Um, what is your method for uh, is the right word managing, coping, dealing? Wh what would be the right verb to use? I don't know, the verb or adjective, I don't know, uh, to, to describe how we can deal with all 10 items on the plate yes. without getting run over. Well, you, said, you said a whole bunch of things that, 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 are, that are great. Um, you know, as a very simple strategy, just dealing with exactly what you were talking about, I was always told by a mentor of mine, if you underachieve on a daily basis, you will overachieve in life. And what he meant by that was exactly like what you were saying. We are so overwhelmed with accomplishing and doing and having chores on our plate and things to do that you're always your glass is always full and if your glass is always full there's no room for expansion there's no room for growth there is no room for anything else to come into it so i was always taught you look at your day and remove about 10 to 15 percent of it in other words you look at your day when you get up in the morning or maybe before you go to bed at night and you say what has to be done tomorrow what is what is a non-negotiable and then you look at the rest of it and you say what actually could be done some other time the next day a week later a month later or maybe never uh, you know never done at all and you take off 10 to 15 percent of your day so that during the day you will underachieve you will not accomplish as much as you were going to 
but you're leaving yourself that breathing room. You're leaving yourself room for growth. You're leaving yourself for things to come in. But, you know, the other sort of part of your, your question or, or your comment is really about the overwhelm that we all experience. And our brains are really set up for this, the fight or flight system, the stress system. Our brains are searching our environment for things to, uh, to make sure we're okay. It's, it's searching our environment to see where the dangers lie, internally and externally. Your subconscious is doing this all the time. And so it's literally this fear detector. It's, it's looking around to see what, what is there to fear? What, what is there uh, to be afraid of? And so over time, our brains get used to this. We think of something, oh, that, what, we got to worry about that. Our brains produce the stress hormones. We start to worry. And it becomes this pattern where every day you're getting up and you're starting to worry about these things that your brain, your subconscious is warning you about. But you see, what what ends up happening, and I call it this addiction to anxiety or stress, is we get so used to practicing that habit of, of, even if it's subconscious, our brains are searching the environment for what's wrong, creating those patterns, creating those chemicals, and the body gets used to creating those chemicals. What we don't do is identify the emotions that we'd like to feel, identify the the responses we'd like to feel, and begin to practice those. And so if you are very conscious about the, the emotion you'd like to wake up in, then you can start to say, how do I produce that emotion? Is there something I can smell, taste, talk to, someone I can talk to? Is there something I can look at? Is there something I can read? Is there something I can visualize? What is it that can help me achieve that emotion? And then it, the rest of your day is sort of like that. The idea is that we go through our day and we're usually on autopilot. But if you can start to practice uh, eliciting different emotions by using your senses, by using the world around you, by using your own breath, you can start to practice the emotional responses you'd like to have so that when something happens, you do have um, a, an ability to change your emotional state because you've chosen to, not because you're stuck in this pattern. But that takes effort. And most people just aren't either aware, never been taught, or just don't put the time in to practice a different emotional state. And it is it is certainly <clears throat> the observation of some uh, that, that doing that kind of shows you don't care. You have no empathy, no sympathy, no, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and it's like <clears throat> one of my, um, well, my very first general manager in the very first radio job that I ever had back in <laughs> 1979. <laughs> that goes to tell you how long I've been doing this. She would say to me, <clears throat> not that I necessarily did this, but it was like, you know, I'd get a little, you know, it was just my very first radio job. I'd never done this before. I was just learning. She says, here's what I want you to do. When you feel like panicking, you know, having a little pity party, that kind of stuff. All right. Set that over here. All right. Resolve the situation that you're dealing with. And once you have that resolved, you can pick up the pity party. You go over in the corner. You can have your little pity party. And I thought, oh, great, great. I, I'm being given permission to have a pity party, but I have to fix this first before I can do that. Once I'd resolved the thing, I'm going, what do I need a pity party for now? I solved the problem. No big deal. And, and it's, it's, uh, that was one of the lessons that I, was, uh, that I really worked on and, and uh, sort of maybe, you know, perfected of a sort. That uh, I've always believed there's a workaround. No matter what the problem is, it's not necessarily going to solve right, itself right away. Um, 
Am I relieved that my uh, my special uh, surprise kitty uh, Ryan has passed on? Yes and no. Yes, I'm relieved because now he's he's not in that body that has been shutting down for the last three or four weeks. Uh, no, because I'm going to miss him lying in my lap while I lay in bed watching TV, uh, you know, and so forth. I'm going to miss all of that. But, you know, there was nothing I could do over the last three or four weeks. I just had to let it run its course and go about my daily business, but continue to, of course, express my feelings for him, my love for him, hold him, uh, you know, let him do what he's going to do and so forth. He would, when he had his stability, when he had his legs wobbly as they were, he would walk over to the bed and he would cry. And it only took one. And I would reach down and I'd pick him up and bring him up on the bed. Because that's, I knew that's what he wanted. He wanted to be close. Um, when we're dealing with, let's say, uh, it's financial issues. It's the middle of the night. And by the way, the worst time to be thinking about, especially financial issues, is at night. The reason I say that is because there are no boundaries at night. It's dark and you don't, there's, you know, where's the wall? During the day, you've got boundaries. You, you have parameters. You know, you have points of reference. Um, there's nothing you can do at, at night. And it's like, but it's like, how do I shut off my mind? How do I shut off that, that part that's just going on and on and on about the finances? What am I doing? What am I doing? What are some of the steps to, is it quiet the mind, make peace with the mind, make friends with the mind, um, to, to allow us to get back out or to get out of our emotions? Because I think that's probably where we're really stuck is we get stuck in that emotional yeah. loop. Get back into what our, our logical thinking where we can say, you know what, there's nothing I can do about this. First of all, they're only numbers. There is no more, what do they call it, um, debtor's prison. Well, unless, of course, you're up against the IRS. That's a whole other thing. What are some of the steps that you have found, especially through this aspect we call the Coherence Revolution, ladies and gentlemen? It's the CoherenceRevolution.com. That's the website. Uh, Dr. Halpern, help us with some of these steps. So I think it's not really about getting out of emotion. It's about choosing the proper emotion. We all want to be emotional beings, but uplifting emotions like inspiration and, 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 and feeling powerful and feeling confident and feeling alive and feeling inspired, all of these emotions that you can sort of choose. And what you were noting was at night, there, there aren't boundaries. And what I think you meant by that is people, when you get into the moment, when you dive into whatever it is that you're passionate about or engaged in or fully engaged in something, your brain isn't wandering, you're engaged. And the fact is, is during the day, there's more things to engage you in. So for instance, um, when I, I've suffered with anxiety since I was a teenager, and that's why this whole thing has come together. Everything I teach in this course, everything I teach during Coherence Revolution is really all about my journey and how I dealt with, with anxiety. And so the idea was I would be anxious between patients sometimes. I'd be anxious uh, you know, before school, during school, whatever. And now if I'm anxious and I've got patients, the idea is to dive in and really be there with the patient one-on-one, -on -one, listen to them. You're getting out of your own way. 
And as soon as I realize I've been involved in something, I'm fully engaged in it, I don't feel anxiety. Because when you are left here, when there's nothing for you to do, your mind's wandering. When you're fully engaged in the moment, you don't feel anxiety, you don't feel stress because you're right there. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is, if there's, it takes energy sometimes, but to get into something, to do, I don't care if it's pick up your guitar and start playing, start singing, engage in a conversation, dive into your work, do something that empowers you. Because as you said, when you finish that an hour, 10 minutes, two hours later, the original problem, you're like, oh, why was I even worried about that? Because you've just revved up your system with positive emotions. But if you're at home and you're, as you were saying, at night and there's less for you to totally engage in, this is where, you know, I learned a technique called heart math, but you can do that while you're lying in bed uh, or really anywhere else. You're using your breath to start to regulate your rhythm, essentially so that you're stopping the stress response. But then you are doing things in your mind to elicit an emotion. So some people think of, um, some, some people think of, you know, calm blue ocean. Other people think of lying on a beach. Other people think of, you know, doing something really fun they did. But it's not about thinking about it. It's about feeling it. And as soon as you feel it, you start to get those emotions. Mm. So I probably told a story the first time I was on your show that the first time I actually was in coherence that I could remember creating it myself was I was visualizing all these different things, lying on a beach, lying on a cloud, you know, thinking of something that made me happy. But nothing was quite working until I visualized my daughter, who was six at the time, jumping into my arms and giving me a hug. Mm. And in that moment, I didn't just visualize the hug. I felt it. I felt her arms. I felt her warmth. I felt the little kiss on my cheek. And it was the emotion of it that completely changed my physiology in that moment. And so if I'm lying in bed or if I'm at home and there's nothing going on at night and I'm feeling anxious, you have to consciously be willing to use a technique or do something. So in my course, for instance, we, we teach you how to set yourself up, set your environment up with different smells, with different tastes, perhaps, with um, different visual things to look at, with different things to listen to. And so all of these are, you're doing the self-inquiry so that you're figuring out what to put in your toolbox so that if you're in that state, you go, oh yeah, but I know if I listen to that song, it's going to create this emotion. Or if I know if I smell the citrus, it's going to put me in that emotion. And the idea is we, we need a toolbox of things to allow us to change our state whenever we get into that fearful, anxious, depressed, mm -hmm. however you want to call it. But it is not a passive process. You have to be engaged in it. But once you've created this toolbox, I mean, in the course that I teach, Coherence Revolution, uh, there's a there's a guide. It, it takes you through, and it, you might do it over several months. But by the time you're done going through the worksheets and the workbook and maybe just doing some self-experiments and all the inquiry, you will know yourself better than you've ever known yourself. And you will have a toolbox of things that you're no longer going to be able to say, oh, I'm stuck in this pattern. Because you're going to say, I'm stuck right now, but I've got a list of things that can help me get out of it. And it might be simply, as I was saying, just getting into a nice breathing rhythm and using your visualization to choose an emotional state. And that's just something we're not used to doing. Dr. Mark Halpern is my guest. The Coherence Revolution, CoherenceRevolution.com is the website. We'll be linked to it, as with our previous uh, interview with him here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and... It is uh, always a pleasure to have uh, returning guests to the program because 
Uh, as in most instances, there's always so much more to say, so much more to talk about, so many other areas to go through. You know, you're talking about <clears throat> emotion. Music is a big key. I was, I mean, I, 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 I have my favorites, which most of our listeners know, but uh, I've been listening to um, uh, country music uh, for the last, I don't know, a couple of years. And I worked for a country station back in the 80s for about six months, and I absolutely loved it. What, what, what they were playing at that time, it was great, you know, and even today's music, although sometimes I go, is that really country? You know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and cast a aspersions or anything, but eh, okay. Anyway, but the, the, the themes of a lot of the songs were, were making me think of things that I really didn't want to go down that road. So I have switched my radio to a classical music station. Because there are no lyrics, okay? Now, granted, each piece of music is going to elicit a different emotion, right. but there are no words to interfere with the, the, that, that thing. And after three or five minutes of a particular piece, they move on to the next one, and then there's a whole new set of emotions, which is fine. And I thought, okay, that, this, is, this is much more innocuous. I can, I can deal with this. It's also calming me down. You know, sort of keeping me leveled out. So music can make a huge difference. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid growing up, teenager, teenage years, uh, and, and I, I wasn't, I mean, I've always been an extrovert, but I wasn't outgoing in terms of going to the parties or going to the dances or things of this nature. So I would, uh, when my family would leave the house to go do whatever it was they were going to do, I'd stay at the house and I'd put on the vinyl records of my favorite artists and play and sing along with them. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of the sad loves. Well, you know, you Barry Manilow, for example, music from John Denver and so on and so forth. And I would kind of wallow in that while I had the privacy of the whole house. Uh, now it's like, OK, I need to distract my mind from this over here. I really don't want to go there. I want to listen to classical music, uh, instrumental music, that kind of thing. It's, it's really great that you're actually saying this, uh, sorry to interrupt, but in, in, in our course, uh, exactly addressing what you're talking about, what I did is I put together a track, it's a, it's a 35 minute track, and there's two minute, I put uh, clips of two minutes of just about every genre that you can think of. So there is country, there is classical, there is uh, Pink Floyd, there is drums from Japan, there is choirs. I mean, every, every pop music, every type of genre. And what in the course, what it instructs you to do is listen to this track while finger painting. And the idea is that during this half hour of music, you're, you're just using color and you're, you're listening. And it's very interesting how what you choose to flow and, and, and use your fingers to paint completely changes over that half hour. Some some of the music just annoys you. Some of it puts you in a really great mood. Some of it depresses you and some of it uplifts you and some of it relaxes you. And so the idea again was to come out of this exercise going, wow, look at how all these different types of music change my emotional state within that half hour. And so it's exactly what you've done for yourself. You realized one type of music was not going to do it for you in an emotional state. You needed to switch it. And that's exactly the inquiry I'm talking about, figuring out what is actually going to work for you. You know, I, I listened to uh, The Grateful Dead a lot. I, was, I traveled the uh, country in the late 80s, uh, seeing The Grateful Dead, who was a mixture of country, jazz, rock and roll, all of that. 
but even country now, they've got Billy Strings who's coming out with all kinds of uh, interesting country. Um, you know, different music soothes the soul. It depends upon who you are, but the idea is for you to figure out for you what's going to work. Uh, that's the key right there. Uh, Dr. Mark Halpern, my guest, as we're talking about, uh, well, in general, the Coherence Revolution, CoherenceRevolution.com. The book, as a matter of fact, is entitled Coherence Revolution. We hope that you'll get a copy by going to his website, which, of course, will be linked to here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, uh, your host, along with Mark, uh, Dr. Mark Halpern. What are you a, a doctor in? I'm a chiropractor. Chiropractor. I'm- Ideal, you know, the fact is, is, you know, a lot of people believe chiropractors are sort of back pain people, but what we're really more are nervous system people. And when you talk about nervous system, you talk about stress and most people suffer physical ailments because of some physical stressors that are on their body. But I can't tell you the amount of people that come in with back pain and they say, doc, I'm sitting at my desk all day and I'm getting back pain or neck pain. And they believe it's this physical thing. But yet they go away on vacation and, you know, they sleep in these terrible beds and they're schlepping their, their luggage and they're, sle- you know, lying on the sand. And they come back and they say, you know, I don't understand. I had no pain when I was away. Well, you had more physical stress when you were away than when you were at home. But the fact is, is your emotional stress was gone. And so I've, I've been able to approach and, and, and get people to understand that, yes, we're dealing with your nervous system, we're adjusting your spine. But if we can adjust your emotional state and we can talk about creating coherence in other ways, we're also going to deal with your back pain. We're going to deal with your neck pain and your headaches and, and your general ability to heal and function. And so, uh, you know, as a chiropractor, I have sort of a unique opportunity to talk with people, you know, on my uh, intake form, it talks about their physical symptoms. And then there's a little checkbox, you know, do you suffer with? And I can't tell you how many people it's anxiety, depression, mind racing, and so it gives me an opportunity to say, well, you know, how long has that been going on for? And, and how do you connect that to the back pain, neck pain, disc problem that you're experiencing? And it's amazing when people start, um, I guess, tuning into this and start doing some other mental health um, initiatives, how all of a sudden now their back pain and their physical ailments start clearing up uh, and we haven't touched them physically. So um, it's really, uh, for me as a chiropractor, it's been a very good opening to uh talk to people about their stress and quite honestly people at first maybe don't want to talk about it but as soon as you start to give them the freedom to talk about it you realize that we're all in the same boat I mean you were mentioning financial stress before uh, financial stress love wanting to be accepted these are all universal principles or universal uh, worries that people are, are concerned about and you start to get people talking about it and you realize we're not all so different, you know, whether you're older or younger, starting your career, ending your career, whatever, uh, we all have these same worries. And once you start to understand that some of this is just your brain going on a program that's been designed, uh, you know, in your subconscious uh, many, many years ago, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's one of my, um, who's one of my mentors and Bruce Lipton, another mentor, they talk about 95% of your day is essentially just written right out of your subconscious. of your day is your conscious will and making change. So 95% of what we do is are these repeated programs and the way we worry, the way we think, the way we engage with others, Mm. it's all a program. And if you understand that, you can start to change the program. Yeah, there are times when I want to hit, uh, I want to (laughs) F-disc. Now, most people don't know what that means. 
That means I want to reformat the hard drive, which means wiping everything sparkling clean and starting fresh. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. I want to talk more about that as we continue talking with Mark Halperin uh, of the of the um, <clears throat> Coherence Revolution. Coherence Revolution is the title of the book. CoherenceRevolution.com is uh, the website, and we hope you'll go there and find out more. Uh, this uh, the thirty five minute audio that is part of a program that you offer. It is not something that would necessarily be available to folks online. Well, what what I'm doing is um, originally it was a six week live course and uh, it was a two hour a week on Zoom and people would show up live on Zoom and um, it was great. But what I found was it's a lot of information. Mm -hmm. And although I can teach it in six weeks, the people could not engage in all of it. I mean, just to go through your visual sense might take you a month just to go through your auditory or, 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 you know, some of your kinesthetic touch. These are all things I don't want you to rush through. And so what I did is I created a recorded version. And so when people go to the website, coherencerevolution.com, there's, there's four or five options. Um, a, any of your listeners uh, can go and download the book for free. You can just go and get it and start uh, engaging in it. And then there's a workbook that you can uh, purchase um, from the website. And then I've recorded the course. So the six-week course is now essentially um, six sessions divided into roughly 20 videos. Um, and it's probably 12 plus hours of material that you go through at your own time. They're the recorded versions of the, of the Zoom calls. You get the workbook, you get the book, and you basically work through it all together. Uh, for people who really want more one-on-one -on -one help, I, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching for people who like that. Um, and now we're going to be adding some more live sessions back, really, to start to teach the what is at the heart of the program, which is heart math. Heart math is a, is a technique of where you learn to breathe and alternate and, and self-regulate your emotions. And so the recorded course goes through all of that. You learn heart math and you get to go through all of the senses and nature and we talk about all of it. So it's a, it's a great course that now you can do at your own at your own disposal. You can do one video a week. It can take you six months to do this and that's fine because really there's no rush. You have access to these videos forever um, and to your course forever. So the idea is now I wanted to slow it down and give people an opportunity to dive into the material and not have to rush through it. Well, it's like I told my brother when he uh, when I was sharing with him about my philosophy and where I'm coming from uh, metaphysically, spiritually and so forth, you know, and some of the lessons I've learned. And he would say, he said to me, he says, well, it's about time you got it. And at the time I was 33 at the time, he says, it's about time you got it. And I said to him, as you've just uh, said as well, it's not. Uh, it's not uh, when you get it, it's that you get it. And it may take you six days, six weeks, six months, six years, six decades. It's entirely up to you how long you want to take. It really is. As we continue here with Dr. Mark Halpern on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And tell me a little bit about, uh, if you will, uh, Dr. Halpern, about the... Um, the coherence revolution. Uh, it seems to me, and obviously it seems to me that the, <laughs> the opposite would be the incoherence revolution, which seems to be rather prevalent today uh, because a lot of people just aren't getting it. They're not understanding that what they're doing, and maybe they just don't see it because they're in that, they're in that program, that unconscious program, Right. They just don't see it. And, and it's like I look and I'm going, 
wait a minute, this, first of all, this, this isn't based upon the rules by which we here in this society and this civilization choose to live by uh, in terms of having a, fr a, fl of, a beautiful, free-flowing civilization that works for everybody. Uh, but you're, you're exhibiting uh, behaviors here that are contrary to that and actually interfere with the flow for both yourself as well as other people around you. Uh, so, uh, first of all, uh, obviously we had a, a revolution back in 1776. When did this coherence revolution begin? I, I, around what period of time, uh, as you are aware? Uh, well, I, I think, you know, I, I've... I, I started my own coherence revolution uh, during the COVID outbreak. Uh, in other words, I've been doing um, heart math techniques and, and diving into this since around 2005. Uh, heart math, the company itself, started in 1990. Um, and what coherence is, is a that that sweet spot where you feel in the zone. You know, athletes will say, oh, everything was just purring. Uh, but it's when you feel most alive. It's when you feel... Uh, congruent with your surroundings. It's when you feel inspired. It's when you don't feel stress. It's when you're feeling in the moment and able to engage in the world around you in the way that you you choose to. Unfortunately, all of those subconscious programs we've talked about um, don't allow us to feel that coherent feeling very often. And um, coherence is a state where your heart and your brain are literally in tune. And you see your heart's rhythm is, or your, the electrical strength of your heart is about 40 times stronger than your brains. And if you can get your heart into a coherent rhythm, which literally looks like a sine wave, and if you can do some breath work and visualize uh, like the heart math techniques teach you to get into this coherent rhythm in your heart, it entrains or takes over the brain. And it affects the higher centers of the brain, decision-making and stress response. And so as you start to change your breathing rhythm and your heart rhythm, you can start to change the way your brain is functioning. And so one of the ways we do that is with heart math techniques. But as I was finding out, you can do this with every sense you have. You can do that with literally just walking in nature. Walking in nature changes the way your brain, your brain rhythm uh, functions. And so the idea is it really, the coherence revolution is really about becoming conscious about the life that you're creating, about creating a life that you, you can be inspired by it and feel good about on a daily basis, as opposed to just going through your life feeling like it's, um, it's hopeless. And so I wanted to give people tools. And so when uh, my clinic closed down, this was in March of 2020, uh, essentially we were closed down because of the pandemic. I went home and I knew that this was not going to be healthy for me uh, as someone who does suffer with anxiety, that I was not going to be, uh, this was not going to be a good time if I just sort of said, uh oh, what's going to happen? So I literally reviewed 30 years of therapy, 30 years of books, 30 years of every course, every energy worker, every uh, everything that I had tried to help with anxiety, some things that worked, some things that didn't work. And I wrote the book Coherence Revolution. And out of that, I decided, well, now I can teach some of these principles and I can teach heart math techniques. Uh, and that's when I designed the online course. So over the last couple of years, I've put it together into this, into this protocol, let's say, a system that people can use that is not a cookie cutter. It's really the only thing that's uh, systematized about it is the way that I want you to ex uh, experiment and learn. But what you learn and how you decide to utilize it is, is completely up to you. Mm -hmm. But as I was saying earlier, it's really about creating a toolbox at the same time as learning heart math, which is that way of breathing. 
Um, the most impactful thing that personally I've ever done just to help me self-regulate and get out of an anxious fight or flight state is using heart map techniques, which can be done uh, in the moment, uh, uh, you know, literally in 30 seconds to a minute, you can change your, your physiological state. And so that's where that's where the coherence revolution all, all came about. Wow. Without a shot being fired. Isn't that nice? <laughs> we are talking with Dr. Mark Halpern. We're talking about the coherence revolution, uh, and we're talking about your better well-being. That's really where we're going with all of this. Um, the, 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 the interesting thing that I find, I, I mean, this to me fascinates me. Um, I was watching a documentary about uh, health and well-being. And it had people on there like one of your mentors, Bruce Lipton. Uh, there was Greg Braden. Uh, yeah. There were several other people on it as well. <clears throat> Talking about the power of the human body to heal itself. And um, talking about the most incredible pharmaceutical company that has ever existed or ever will exist. And that's the human body. Uh, you know, you talk, for example, about the importance of um, consciously creating uplifting emotions that help to produce the happy chemicals, if you will, in our bodies. The serotonins, the oxytocin, oxy, uh, no, no, the oxytocin, that's right, uh, the endorphins and the dopamine and all that other stuff. Unfortunately, we're not f putting into our bodies the elements needed to facilitate that pharmaceutical company in a lot of instances. Uh, and, uh, you know, you could say oh, processed foods, if you will, among other things, and our environments, as well as the stressors we're talking about here in terms of, you know, people feeling this depression and the stress and the anxiety and all of that, all of that. Um, if, if the body is that powerful in, in that respect, and I agree, I agree that it is, but if the body is that powerful, can it overcome a lot of the, the um, I almost want to say, the misinformation we're giving it, i.e. through the foods and beverages that we're taking in and the environments that we live in, that are preventing it from producing the chemistry that is needed for us to function and operate optimally. So I believe the, the number one thing getting in the way of human beings being self-regulatory, self-healing uh, organisms is doubt. And what I mean by that, there was a story I read about five years ago. Uh, a guy was told by his doctor, uh, he, was, he had a tumor, and he was said, look, there's, there's, no, there's been no cure, but there is this revolutionary new trial drug, and it's supposed to be the next best thing. I want you to try it. So he takes it, goes home. Within weeks, tumor goes away. Months later, he reads an article in the newspaper, and it says that that drug didn't work. Within about a month, that tumor came back. Goes back to the doctor. The doctor says, oh, well, this time there's this new drug. And he went through this three times. Tumor shrank, tumor came back. The last time they gave him a sugar pill, tumor shrunk again. But after that final time when he found out that it was a sugar pill, the tumor came back and it ended up killing him. But you saw every time his 100% belief was there, the cancer went away. 
And the fact is, if I believe, if we had 100% certainty, you know, when you see people who are religious and they go to church and the, you know, the pastor says, hey, you're healed. And, you know, there are some people that literally get up and walk and, and you think, well, this must be hocus pocus. Well, I believe that the people that truly heal, it's because there was absolutely no doubt. They had 100% belief that their body could heal. Because if you believe you're going to heal, your brain doesn't know the difference between whether you think it or whether it's really happening. If it really is in your brain. And so you can't be 98%. You can't be 97%. If you are 100% certain you will heal, I believe you can heal. Mm. And so I think that most of us, it's about this, this inability to understand that our bodies can do this. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we're only scratching the surface, this whole notion that we only access 5% of our brains and, you know, all of this, we don't understand the brain. And I do believe over the next hundred years, probably a lot sooner than that, we're going to understand it a lot more because this whole idea of placebo, which has been taken as this negative almost, but placebo is not negative. Placebo is the absolute best medicine we can have. What you're doing is you're convincing your brain that you can heal and you can heal without anybody else's help. And that's exactly what we should be able to do. The only reason as a society we can't do that on whole is because there is so much uh, doubt and uncertainty and people not understanding that, that our bodies are capable of doing this, that we don't. So I'm really looking forward to a time where we understand how to access that ability uh, completely. Because in this at this point, uh, there's just too much confusion and, and ignorance, I suppose, for us to access that part of our brain. I want to ask you a little something about uh, that placebo effect. I saw the 60 Minutes piece some time ago about that, and it was just astounding the results they got. And in this documentary that uh, you seem to be familiar with as well, with uh, Greg Braden, John, uh, and uh, Bruce Lipton and so forth, they talked about that, where um, they, they gave one group, of course, the, the actual medication, and the other group, the uh, control group, they gave a placebo. And they had exact, pretty much... The same results, 75% success in both groups. Uh, so that goes to show that obviously it wasn't a medication because it was a sugar pill or whatever it was. Uh, and so it had to have been the body. And of course, then you start asking yourself this question, and I've been asking this for decades. Where in the Sam Hill are, are all these cancers coming from, all these different types? I mean, I just lost my eldest sister to breast cancer back in March. Um, and, uh, and then I hear, and my, my, my second wife, who I'm, with, st I'm still with, she had a rare form of fallopian tube cancer 20, 21 years ago. And, uh, I mean, she's doing fine, no, no signs of it right now. But what I am noticing is um, one's attitude. Uh, one's uh, um, thought processes. Um, for example, you, you and I, we could sit and watch uh, a, a television program. And I'm going to be focused on the plot and the characters and what's happening, the action. And you sit there going, boy, you know, that's, that is an ugly pair of shoes that guy is wearing. Or she's, oh my goodness, she's... she's uh, no, 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 that's the wrong dress. She shouldn't be wearing that dress. That's ugly. And in other words, you, you know, we're, start, we're passing judgment 
on what is it's, it's ostensibly it isn't real anyway. I mean, television in particular, as I'm speaking. But we do that in real life, too, when we're walking the streets. One person is appreciative of what they're seeing and the other person is critical. And then you ask yourself the question, what's your health like? Now, I just had my physical doc. And I know you're a chiropractor. And I, I used to have a chiropractic adjustment every week for about two years. Loved it. I loved hearing the little popping sounds, too, by the way. I, there, was, there was something addictive for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just had my physical. And two years ago, almost two and a half, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. When they ran the blood work to this time, after two years, no trace. No wow. trace. Now, bear in mind, I got rid of my di uh, type 2 diabetes in a month and a half. I got, was back down to normal in a month and a half. And yet my doc was telling me this story when he told me, uh, yeah, you have type 2, about a guy who did it in six w months and only got his A1C down to 7. Mm. Five and a half, uh, in a month and a half, I had mine back down into the 5 range. Because I knew what caused it. Sodas. I've also maintained my weight. I was up around 200 pounds uh, two and a half, three years ago. I have now maintained for two years 183. You. It, you know, and it's like, but here's the question. How do we facilitate someone's, uh, and I know they have free will, but how do we facilitate their willpower to want to change? You know, that, that's a, it's a very interesting question because people will say they want to change, but I don't always believe that they do. I mean, I, I have a lot of patience for people. I have a lot of uh, love and a lot of uh, empathy for people. And if someone wants to, especially patients, if they want to talk about all the things that are bothering them and all the things that they want to change, I have all the time in the world to listen to them if they are going to do something about it, if they are going to go and do something to help themselves. What I don't have time for is people who complain, but actually don't take any steps. And it may just be fear on their part, but the idea is it does have to come from within. You have to at least be willing to say, I don't like where I'm at. I'd like to make a change and I'm willing to do something about it. Uh, if, you, if you can't be in that state, you can't help someone. They have to want to uh, get help. They have to want to um, move forward in their own life in some way. So I think sometimes for some people, it's hitting rock bottom. Sometimes, hopefully, it's just people recognizing they're not living the, the kind of life that they want to live. And as soon as you do that, and as soon as you speak to someone, you can start to make to make changes. Uh, you know, one of the books that really inspired me was called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And it, again, that's a Dr. Joe Dispenza book. Um, he really, that really resonated with me. Uh, and it's a lot, uh, a lot to do behind coherence revolution because it was really all about the patterns. We are just creating these patterns every single day. And until you recognize I am one big pattern neurologically, and I'm just repeating the same things. I mean, I think it was Einstein that says you keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. That's the, that's the definition of insanity. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what most people are doing. They're waking up going, oh, I feel the same crappy as I did yesterday. <laughs> Why? Well, the fact is, is, okay, identify that you feel crappy, but what are you going to start to change? And if you don't know, start asking around, how can I change? Start asking people for their opinions. Start looking around, doing some investigation. 
And, you know, hopefully with Coherence Revolution, uh, I did put the things that, you know, some of the things I was told that didn't work, some of the things that I told that did work. The fact is, is I want to save people a lot of time and money uh, simply because I did this, I call it my never-ending search for answers. I don't really want people on a never-ending search for answers. I want you to make it as short a journey as possible to search for your answer. But that comes with the self-inquiry. That comes to figure out what is it that you want. I'm not going to have you play guitar if you hate guitar. But, you know, if you want to read or if you want to uh, have a social life or you want to do puzzles or if you want to, you know, just have roses or smell flowers in your room in the morning, you've got to do something for yourself. This is not a passive life. This is an active part of it. You're actively creating the life that you want to create. You know, in my in my book, I give you a roadmap and it's, you know, how do you create a house if you don't have the architectural plans? And that's really what this is all about, creating the architectural plans for the life that you want to live. Uh, if you're really going about it and hoping that your life is just going to improve, well, good luck with that. But, it, you know, it hasn't worked so far. So, you know, I, I've got so many people, uh, friends and family that have said to me, yeah, but I don't think that works for me. And what they mean is they just don't want to try anything new because the way that they're currently doing isn't working for them. They've just complained to me for an hour about how their life isn't working. <laughs> you know, a typical thing was people were saying, that, you know, they're failing in school and they get stressed out and this, that, and the other. And I say, well, I, I think you should stop doing your all-nighters. You really shouldn't be studying all night. Study a little bit each night. Yeah. Oh, well, that doesn't work for me. Well, what do you mean it doesn't work for you? You just told me that the way you were doing it, you're failing. So that's not working for you. I think it's time for you to try something new. So uh, the idea is if it's not working, the only one that can make the decision to change is you. But yeah. once you do, there's lots of help and lots of philosophies out there. There's lots of different options for you. Uh, it's just you have to make the decision that what's what's happening in your life isn't working. Yeah. And for a lot of folks, that's really hard because uh, they've gotten if you can put it this way, they've gotten comfortable. Right. Okay. It's, it's, it's become the norm as bad as it might be as unhappy as they are. The, the, the change is not, you know, uh, there's a wonderful line from a Denver song, uh, John Denver song, uh, um, changes somehow frighten me. Still, I have to smile. It turns me on to think of growing old. That made me think of something when you were talking earlier uh, about, um, uh, as we were talking earlier, about all of the, the 10 items on our plate, right? And I'm thinking, you know, when I think back to uh, my life as a kid, as a child, before school, even before kindergarten, uh, but even into those years, I probably still had 10 things on my plate, but those 10 things were fun. Uh, and even though I would look ahead, I think when I was 15, uh, around 15 years of age, I used to think how cool it will be to be an adult, you know, to do all of these different things and, and so on and so on and so on. And I'll say that for the most part, it has been pretty darn cool. It really has. Um, you know, and I wouldn't change anything, even if I could. That's see, there's the other thing, too, is you can't change the past. The past is what it is. And I have to make peace with my past, the good, the bad and the ugly. It's the future that you can change because you don't know what it is. You don't know what your future will be. 
and you know we could go off onto uh, off off into the weeds here about the difference between self uh, uh, between um, uh, free will and predestination. You know, it's like okay, is is all of this stuff already written out in a script, and I just don't remember memorizing the lines, or do I really have free will and choice? I mean, we talk about choice and cho- uh, choices and knowledge of those choices to help make one's dreams come true. But do you think some of the problem, if you will, or challenge is the fact that a lot of people don't know that they have, uh, they know they have choice A and they have choice B, but it goes on to C, D, E, F, G, H, I, et cetera, et cetera, on infinitum. Do you think that th- th- is that part of the problem or is that not it? And it's something. Uh, and again, I'm, I don't want to simplify it because I know it's, it's still very complex. But is, you know, what 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 would you say? Well, most of the time, it's not the what it's the how you feel. Ah. In other words, you don't remember. You don't remember what someone said to you. You remember what, how they made you feel. If you're thinking about, I use this example of going on vacation. Let's say you were, you you saved up and you're lucky enough you get to go on a holiday, you get to go to an all-inclusive resort, and you picture yourself on a hot tub on a beach. You don't really care about the hot tub and the beach. What you're caring about is the emotional response you have while you're in that uh, hot tub or while you're on the beach. It's the feeling you want to experience. And so, you know, then people travel, they go on that vacation, they're sitting in the hot tub, and then... You know what? No matter where they go, there they are. They're feeling the same crappy feeling that they felt at home in the hot tub because wherever you go, there you are. What I'm suggesting is you start practicing the emotion that you want to feel in that hot tub before you go on vacation. The more you practice the emotions of your dream life, the more realistic and the more uh, familiar that dream life becomes to you and the more you attract that to you. So I would be sitting at home every night feeling myself in that hot tub, closing my eyes and just visualizing how that would feel. And the idea is now you're going to need that vacation a lot less because you're already experiencing those emotions, which are regenerative and uplifting in nature. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're counteracting the negative emotions that are driving you down every day. So I think it's important to get clear, you know, people think it's that thing or that that event that is going to change my life. It's not. It's the emotion that you're going to feel during that Mm -hmm. event. It's the way it makes you feel that you're going to remember. And so I believe if you start to practice those emotions, A, you're going to not need that vacation as much, but B, you're going to attract that that type of thing into your life much more because you understand the way it feels. You're starting to get used to those emotions. Hmm. You know, you brought to mind uh, uh, something else that is out in our, our real world, if you want to. It's a kind of almost contradictory phrase here. Uh, it's called virtual reality. You know, those goggles that you wear. Yes. And yet we already contain within our being a virtual reality machine right. Be- because it isn't just the experiences that someone wearing the goggles is having in terms of the sword fight or the walk along the beach or the exercise workout it's it is what you're describing it's how they are feeling in those experiences and maybe it's why they go back to the gym they go back to the seashore they go back to the mountain hike and so forth because oh man that just felt so good yeah i know i was standing in my living room you know walking 
mm-hmm. but I could I could feel not just emotionally but even uh, texturally I could feel the breeze blowing and I could feel I could I even smell the ocean breeze and so on and so on and so on. In other words, they're getting the full sensory experience as uh-huh. well as the emotional experience, and they are still in their living room in the middle of Iowa. Exactly, and. That is a wonderful example of how to engage your senses, create an emotional response, and feel it. And the more you do that, the more your body gets used to doing that, and it counteracts the stress hormones uh, that you that you normally create. Mm-hmm. And so I would argue the more you do that, the more you break the patterns, that 95%, and you're creating more from that 5% because you're using your uplifted emotional state. So if you could be doing that every day by getting in – you know, it's funny, my, my son, uh, I, I bought him for his 14th birthday, the Oculus Quest. Mm-hmm. He just, it sat, in his, it sat in his room literally this past weekend. He just didn't use it. I sold it on Kijiji uh, for a few hundred dollars to someone because he just, he well, he's not a video game kind of kid and he just wasn't into it. But it's exactly that, uh, what you're talking about. If people are into that type of uh, ex- experience, that is a wonderful way to, to um, use video or use this this uh, technology that some people don't like because it you know runs <laughs> ruining our kids' brains in other ways, but that's a really good way to use that type of technology because you're creating a positive emotional response. Hmm. We're talking with Dr. Mark Halpern. He's a chiropractor, and by the way, uh, as we as we pause here, the chiropractic field, uh, I I watched it emerge in the '80s and '90s uh, as a mainstream uh, uh, modality. And the way I used to I would describe it to people uh, is that you have this set of um, I'll I'll use uh, uh, toothpicks for example, and they're your skeletal structure, and they're set up in a particular form. And then you get these rubber bands and you wrap the rubber bands to maintain that form. But what happens over time with the physical body is maybe we're wearing the wrong shoes without the right arch support or or we're doing a job that causes us to bend over. Or even more importantly, we're carrying around emotional baggage and you see these elderly people walking around hunched over they can only look at the ground and i always ask the question what burden are they still carrying that's causing them to be hunched over well what the chiropractor does is he goes in there she goes in there and they work to get things back into alignment so that the rubber bands will also pop back into alignment. And it takes time, especially if you've been hunched over for a long, long time. It's not going to happen overnight. I mean, my dad, who's 91, he's not hunched over quite like that, but he does lean forward a little bit. You know, Uh, he's got some stability issues. This is another issue as well. I, I don't know what burdens he's carrying around with him. Uh, but I do know that he, like a lot of us men, he does not feel as though he played a, a, a major role in the six of us and our upbringing because he was always working. Well, but he worked nine to five. He was not one of those guys. He was not like a salesman on the road. You know, he'd go to work and my mom would take him to work in the morning. She'd pick him up in the afternoon. We'd have dinner. It's like, Dad, you, you apparently you're not remembering uh, that we spent evenings together. We all would get up in the morning. We'd go to school. You'd go to work. You were a fundamental part of our upbringing. 
You know, and I have to wonder if maybe that isn't something that's uh, weighing on him. That that's his perception. I get that. Um, so, uh, but everybody's carrying a lot of this stuff around. But that's how I used to describe chiropractics: is the the wooden toothpicks, rubber bands, and all you're doing, which is a great thing, is you're helping to realign. But that goes to your point about the nervous system, because the yeah. nervous system is connected in all three in in those two elements. Well, it's interesting uh, from an evolutionary standpoint. Human beings, way back, were called quadrupeds. We were on all fours. Over time, we stood up into this upright posture. But when our brains get stressed during our lifetimes, due to physical, chemical, emotional, and electromagnetic stress, if there's too much stress for our body to adapt to, we revert back to being a quadruped, which is why you see people's postures start to go right back down their heads go forward their shoulders come in it is a evolutionary thing that our brain is stressed and we're literally reverting backwards and so yes every stressor in our nervous system is uh is affected if we look at our spinal cord and our nerves there's three systems there's the sensory motor and autonomic the sensory nervous system is what you feel autonomic is all the subconscious heart lungs immune system digestive system and the motor system is your muscles and joints. So there's sensory, sensory, motor, and autonomic. The only one that we feel is sensory. It's 9%, which means 91% of your nervous system, you have no idea what's going on with it. And the last thing to show up is usually the symptom. With heart disease, 80% of the time, the first symptom is death by heart attack. You never knew you had a problem. By the time cancer is diagnosed, those cells have been replicated improperly for years until it's big enough to reach the size of a tumor that you can identify. But the process in your nervous system started many, many years before that. Mm. So as a chiropractor, most people are not aware of this, nor are they educated on this. So when I'm adjusting their spine and I'm telling them this is about their overall health, they want to get rid of their back pain. My purpose maybe they're not even fully aware of it, is to restore the integrity of their nervous system so that their sensory motor and autonomic systems are purring along and functioning the way they should. And the only way to do that is by eliminating stress, physical, chemical, electromagnetic, and emotional. And so the coherence revolution is all about the emotional and mental, uh, mental health side of it, whereas when I adjust people, that's more kinesthetic. That's the physical side of it. Mm -hmm. And then there's other people that deal with the, the uh, chemical, which is nutritional. Talk about what you put in your body, right? And so all of this affects how our posture changes simply due to the stressors on our nervous system. Dr. Mark Halpern is my guest talking about the Coherence Revolution, CoherenceRevolution.com, Coherence Revolution, the book. And uh, we are talking here with him on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And uh, Dr. Mark Halpern, I want to ask you, is the book, The Coherence Revolution, available yet in audible form? It is not. That's a great question. Uh, and it will be, but it is It is not yet. I suppose the audible form would be would be the uh, recorded course simply because I literally do go through the book in this form, ah. but not in the audible form yet. Um, thankfully, it's on ebook and on Amazon. If mm -hmm. you want to purchase the book, you can go to Amazon. Uh, I chose on my website because the book is great. It's a compendium to the, the course. It goes through all of the information, but I want people to have the information, which is why you can download the book for free. Uh, but it's the course where you're really diving into all of this and you're learning 
the techniques, you're learning heart math, you're learning how to do all of it. I don't teach anything in the book other um, other than the system to go through, but you won't learn heart math, you'll learn about heart math. The course, the online course, uh, the recorded one is where I actually teach the techniques and you'll learn learn all of that stuff. Tell me about heart math. Tell me about your connection to it. And and uh, because we've had folks, it's been years. I've got to get a hold of uh, more individuals such as yourself to talk specifically about heart math. But we I remember uh, having the I guess it was the director uh, on the program. And we talked primarily about, uh, of course, 9-11 and and how. Uh, I think it was either I think it was hours, not just minutes, but hours prior to uh, the first uh, the first uh, crash that there was something globally that everybody subconsciously was aware of, that something was coming, something was going to change everything uh, from there that point forward. In, there was a blip in the Earth's electromagnetic field on that day. Yeah. And, and what the theory became was that everybody was looking at their TV sets, there was no internet back uh, in that time. Right. Uh, but people are, um, I don't think so. Uh, but anyways, people were looking at their, their, their televisions and essentially feeling this emotion of grief. And the blip in the electromagnetic field was at the frequency of the human heart. And so what the theory became was, if we can all hold a positive emotion, could we change the Earth's electromagnetic field? Could we change the ozone? Could we literally heal the planet with the emotion of love, gratitude, inspiration? And so heart math really is three things. They've done the research. So they've done the research on the heart and the brain. They've done the research on how coherence affects the planet. They've also designed some biofeedback equipment that um, if you're a member of my course, you get some discounts on that. But the biofeedback equipment are essentially heart monitors that allow you to determine when you're in coherence, when you're not, and help train you through biofeedback games and really cool technology. And then the third thing are the techniques. So there's probably five, six, seven different breathwork techniques that when you're doing them, you start to entrain your heart and your brain to get into this coherent rhythm and coherent state. So I love the company simply because they taught me the techniques. They've got books out. Um, they've got the, the biofeedback technology. Uh, and they're doing the research on how to help the planet. So uh, for me, it's just a good all-around company to be involved with. Um, and it turns out for Coherence Revolution, I actually uh, hooked up with one of their ex-CEOs. His name is Bruce Cryer. Um, and he is uh, a partner with me in Coherence Revolution because it, it goes beyond just the breath work and utilizing the entire body and your senses and the world around you mm -hmm. to create this coherent state. And so the two of us worked on this program program together. Well, I, I have to say that uh, um, uh, in terms of uh, uh, generating more more uh, productive, shall we say, emotions or getting into those more productive uh, or uplifting emotions, uh, when I talk with uh, people about, for example, climate change or, you know, how man has just done a number on the planet since the Industrial Revolution began and so on and so forth, and the science is this and the science is that, and what I find so fascinating is that there are those who don't believe in science, and yet you'll, they'll use the very science they don't believe in to support their, their argument that, that climate change is a hoax and so on and so forth. And I say, you know what? Uh, we can continue this conversation. However, there's one thing we have to do. Throw out all the science. I don't care about the. I don't care if it's fake. I don't care if it's real. 
I don't care about the science. I only have one question for you, my friend. And uh, Dr. Halpern, you're a part of the solution through heart meth in particular. But the question is, and there's no emotion in it. And if you put emotion in it, then you're working way too hard. And the question is quite simply, don't you think we should clean up our home? Period. Or question mark, I should say. Don't you think we should clean up our home? And I would be hard-pressed to believe anybody to say no. No. Uh, To which I would then, of course, reply, well, um, if you're married, uh, you know, to a spouse, uh, do do you on Saturdays or Sundays, do you uh, go around the house and vacuum and dust and, you know, take care of the dishes and the laundry and, and blah, 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 mow the lawn and this and that and the other thing? Well, yeah. Why? Why are you doing that? Why do you care? Well, because we want a clean place to, oh, clean place to live. Yeah, okay. Maybe it might turn people's heads. Because if you're not throwing science in their face, they're not going to get all bent out of shape because they don't believe in that particular science. Um, And so I think that we need to come at it from a different direction in that regard. But at the same time, I applaud HeartMath and I applaud you and the Coherence Revolution for the science that you are using to maybe not on a quote-unquote physical, hands-on material way to change the planet, but it's more esoteric, it's more spiritual, it's more energetic Yes, uh, And that was one of the things in that documentary that I thought was so fascinating. Uh, what was it in 19, was it the 19, early 1900s, they, we shifted from the, what was it, the Newtonian physics to quantum physics, where everything is energy. That's what they determined. Everything is energy. There is nothing that's solid, not even the console or the monitor that's in front of me or the microphone or, or me. Uh, you know, in a manner of speaking... I'm not even real. I'm just a bunch of energy that's congealed into a very dense package that has maintained its weight uh, where I like it for the last two years. (laughs) Talk to us a little bit before we uh, come to the end of this about um, the people around you. Have you had to say bye-bye to some folks in your life who were... I'm not saying not supportive, but actually were sort of a detriment. Were you having to discern um, and say, you know what, it's been it's been real and it hasn't been fun, but by thanks, I, it's been nice knowing you because I I need people in my life that maybe aren't yes people, but at least they're not tearing down my dreams, they're not ripping apart my ideas uh, and so forth. It's it's like. Uh... You know, in in the the system that we lay out, we you know we talked about the senses, we talked about nature. It is also about the people around you. It's your choice. And the fact is, is you know how you feel. You know the emotional states that you're in, uh, and you it, you expose yourself to different environments. And the idea with this entire process in in coherence revolution is to determine where you are at your best, where you are in coherence, and if you want to be honest with yourself you've got to do a big deep deep dive into all the people you spend time with uh whether it's family whether it's friends whether it's co-workers clients right if there are clients that come in my office that are creating more stress than they're worth 
is it worth having them as a client? I mm. mean, the idea is that you get to choose who you spend time with and who is in your environment. And it doesn't mean that these people are bad people. It doesn't mean that you have to uh, be negative in any way towards them. You can love them and leave them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you can either have the hard conversations or you can choose just not to. But in my opinion, life is too short. And if there are people, whether it's your mother or whether it's your best friend or whether it's your coworker, um, if there are people that are constantly um, pulling you down in terms of your, your stress state or, or your emotional state, then you do have to make some hard decisions. How are you going to deal with it? You know, I don't want people disowning their parents, but perhaps a phone call is good instead of a two-hour visit. Uh, the idea is you get to determine this, but it's just like any of the other principles. You've got to determine what works for you. Go through the people in your life. Make a list. Make a list of everyone that you're exposed to and anyone that you really know is not affecting you. You have to come up with a plan. And it doesn't have to be harsh, as I was saying. It can simply be what works for you. Uh, It's time to stop making sure that everybody else around you is completely happy to your detriment. It's okay to inspire those around you, to make sure people are happy around you, to make sure that other people are satisfied, to listen to other people. All of that's fine but not to your detriment. I do not believe that we are put on this planet to respect people to our detriment, to uh, listen to people to our detriment. None of that I believe is true. We're not, we're not made to suffer. We're not here uh, to suffer. So, uh, you know, even if you respect someone, there, there are ways that you do not have to spend time with them. Yeah. And I just think that you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that uh, I have enjoyed spending time with you this second time, and we'll do it again, I know, because uh, there's always more to discuss, and things are happening in the world, and changes are taking place. Uh, Some of them are, are easier changes than others, but they're changes nonetheless. They're challenges, certainly, that... uh, Uh, You know, I mean, I'm not a fan of this particular quote, but, you know, uh, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Uh, I don't want it to kill anybody, (laughs) like for all of us to get a little stronger. Uh, But, uh, you know, we'll continue to move forward and do the best we can with what we've got. And that's the key right there is uh, philosophy I've lived by for over 40 years. Work with what you have until you get what you want. And over the time, over time, and it may not happen as fast as you want. You've got to. I realize that the phrase, I want patience and I want it now, doesn't work, okay? It takes time. It takes practice. Uh, The coherence revolution is a practice, if you will. It is a philosophy of sorts, uh, and it is uh, part of the heart math process as well. And we thank you so much for uh, sharing your thoughts and your ideas with us here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan with Dr. Uh, Mark Halperin, and I I really appreciate what you've had to share with us today. Thank you so much. You're you're very welcome. And and I just wanted to leave on, uh, I think you'll appreciate the code that I've set up for any of your listeners. Uh, If you go to coherencerevolution.com and use the code Dugan, D-U-G-A-N 30, Dugan 30, you can get 30% off on anything that you choose to purchase. So uh, by all means, dive into it, download the book for free. But if you want the course, uh, you can get it for free uh, for 30% off. Just use Dugan, D-U-G-A-N 30, and that will uh, be for you. At first, I thought, okay, Dugan, 30. Oh, he thinks I'm 30? Oh, okay. I'll take it. for 30. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's interesting. I don't know about you. I feel inside 17. I hear you. On but that. I have yeah. to keep reminding my body, no, you're not. Your body is not 17. Okay, so just 
Go easy. Just go easy and you'll be fine. Uh, Dr. Mark Halpern, I, uh, I want to ask you those three questions that I asked you before uh, when we wrapped up our last interview, our last conversation. However, I need to let you know and thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. I've said it before and I'll say it again. We're here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and Wednesdays for our special edition uh, at 9 a.m. of Tell Me Your Story, where we're streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. Podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Almost got it all in one breath. We're also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews uh, and you can see both mine and uh, Dr. Mark's well-trimmed um, beard and mustache. Uh, I, I, I am still marveling at the way that uh, different men's beards start to change color and the patterns. I mean, it's like so symmetrical sometimes. I'm a little over here, a little over here, but it's a little lot darker gray in the center, whereas you've got it, you know, and it's just, to me, it's fascinating, the design of the world. It's just, uh, it's remarkable. Uh, we also would like you to participate in the decade of perfect vision and uh, we ask you to go within and listen to that still small voice uh, we, we we should talk about that next time in terms of this whole aspect of the coherence uh, uh, revolution and um, this process of listening to the still small voice but more importantly folks listening to and following the promptings following the promptings it's there for your benefit it's like We've been, it, it's, it's almost like, I remember seeing this uh, uh, deal with uh, this one class, this one school, and this guy's up on the stage and he's, you know, I think everybody should get a laptop. Well, everybody has one. It's that still small voice that's in there, and all you have to do is access it. It's there, it's free, doesn't cost you anything but a little time. And we hope that you'll do that. We also ask if you can support the work we're doing. Uh, we have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. And as we wrap up every program that we do here on Tell Me Your Story, we always like to ask our guests those three final questions. And uh, the first of those to our special guest here on the program is, who is Mark Halperin? I am just someone who wants to live the best life that they possibly can. And by doing that, it's by including others in that process. And so my career, my, my chosen passions are always about involving other people because I feel like we're all in this together and creating, uh, creating the world together. Yeah. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Well, I'm hoping that I can not only inspire others, but also inspire myself. I think that if you're doing work that is good for you and good for others, then you've hit, you've hit your mark. And I feel like every day I come and do a show like this or I go and help a patient at work, I feel fulfilled and I know it's helping them. And I think that the, the combo is very effective. And finally, what is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is to play and enjoy as much as possible and to explore everything that the world has to offer because there's limitless things and anything that your imagination can, uh, can explore. Uh, and so I look forward to many, many more adventures. Well, Doctor, I uh, thank you so much, uh, Mark Halperin, for being a guest on our program again. And again, we will have you back to talk more about the work that you're doing and how, how the world is changing. Uh, it 
you know, and I quite honestly, whether you were doing what you are doing or not, the world would still be changing. But we have the opportunity, as you have described, to do it on a conscious level, to make it a better place for everybody. I don't think that that's utopia. I think that's just, you know, common sense and fair play, so to speak, as as human beings uh, and, and the whole aspect of kindness. So thank you for your part in the change. Thank you. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, Love to Lal and Jeanette, I am listening.